Welcome to Straight Talk on Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chet Solasco. Straight Talk on Health is recorded in conjunction with WGVU in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I examine the world of health, whether it's research that makes the news, another miracle diet, or a new food fad. I look at the science behind them and then let you know whether it's real or not. You can check other things that I do on my website, drchet.com, and please sign up for my free emails. Ultra-processed food has been in the news for the last six months at least. I know I've done at least one straight talk on health, with that being the primary topic this season. Defining what it is, explaining why nutritionists and scientists believe that it is bad for our health. I happened to find a book that in some ways made me extraordinarily angry, and at the end of the day set me up for a nice challenge. I'll get to that in a little bit. The title of the book is Ultra-Processed People, The Science Behind Food That Isn't Food. The author is Chris Van Tulliken, and it was published this year in 2023. The first part of the book goes through an explanation of what ultra-processed food is, how it has developed over the years, what's actually in ultra-processed food. Then it turns to ages of eating and why being overweight and unhealthy is definitely not our fault. So it isn't about the sugar or exercise or willpower. It's all about how ultra-processed foods work in our brain. Then there's a whole litany of things about how it affects our body and on and on and on. What caught my attention, though, was that he, in conjunction with the university, decided to find out what would happen if he ate a diet of 80% ultra-processed food and 20% of what he never really talks about in the book. Given his passion for ultra-processed food, I don't know what vegetables or fruits or whole grains he might have been able to slip in. They went through a period of adjustment for 30 days and took a whole lot of physiological and biochemical markers. Not just simple body weight or percent body fat, but also every kind of test you can think of from cholesterol to blood pressure to many other blood factors that are not typically tested but appear to have an impact on hunger. Then, for the next 28 days, he ate ultra-processed food at 80% of his caloric input along with 20% of whatever else is not considered ultra-processed food. Now, his definition of ultra-processed food was a little bit off or weak, in my opinion. To him, if there was one ingredient that you couldn't find in a well-stocked pantry, then that was considered an ultra-processed food. Foods with sodium would be found in the typical pantry. But things like artificial binders to keep food a certain shape, artificial flavors, and artificial colors would all be cast under the category of ultra-processed food. Well, what happened to him after 28 days? You would have thought that he was near death the way he described it. He had gained weight, over 7 kilos. He was constantly constipated. He had developed anal fissures, most likely due to the chronic constipation and other digestive issues. He could not sleep well. Not exercising was a foregone conclusion because he had no energy to do so. And he became obsessed with getting enough of ultra-processed food on a daily basis. There's one more thing that you need to know. He ate ultra-processed foods ad lib. Well, what does that mean? Adlibitum is a term used in nutrition research to mean that the animal under question, mice, chimpanzee, or in our case, humans, that are in nutritional trials 
are allowed to eat as much as they want. And the way he described what he ate, one could understand why he would gain weight. Let me just give you one example. He described eating frozen lasagna and other frozen prepared meals. He didn't just eat the lasagna. He also then licked the serving dish that it came in. What he never really talked about in the book was exactly how many calories he was eating. I find that to be a little bit disingenuous. Everything ultra-processed food was to blame. His salvation was to completely give up ultra-processed food. He feels better. He has more energy. And so does his brother who had the same disordered eating issue that he had. It's a very nice story. I'm not suggesting that ultra-processed food is good for anyone in the least. Manufacturers do intentionally add ingredients that are going to make you want more of that food. But I'm also going to say that based on his N of 1, we don't know whether it's the ultra-processed food or whether he just ate too much. So I decided I would take on the challenge myself. I was going to eat as close to 80% of ultra-processed food as I could using his definition with the rest of the 20% unprocessed or normally processed. There's just one difference. One of my overall goals for 2023 was to get my weight to a normal body mass index. The reason is simple. People who attain and maintain a normal body weight live longer, have fewer health issues, and appear to get around a lot better than people that are carrying even an extra 30 to 45 pounds. So I used the National Institute of Health, National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Disease Body Weight Planner to estimate the calories I needed to reduce my weight 30 pounds by December 31st, 2023. It's the best caloric estimator for weight loss because it allows you to select specific activity levels plus add in the additional exercise you're willing to do. My caloric goal to lose the weight I wanted to lose over five months was about 1,800 calories a day. Technically, it was 1,782, but I rounded up. I began buying cereal, frosted flakes, and fruit loops. I also used almond milk because if anything is ultra-processed, milk from soy, almond, or oats is. I bought plain white bread, similar to that childhood favorite, Wonder Bread. I bought frozen meals with as many ingredients that you can't pronounce as I could find. I drank calorie-free energy drinks and soda because while they don't have calories, they are full of artificial sweeteners, which fall into that ultra-processed food category. I ate sausage, even eating liverwurst. I haven't had that in 40 years, but it still tasted great on white bread with mustard. So did bologna. The only thing that I did differently was I recorded every calorie, at least rounded to the nearest five calories. It isn't difficult to control the salty, crunchy umami flavors I favor in chips and the like. Just buy individual serving bags with 100 to 140 calories per bag and just eat one of them. What's interesting was my downfall was always dry roasted peanuts. I didn't have any because they only contain salt and those are not ultra-processed foods. So what were my results? In the first 28 days, I lost 4 pounds. It's a little faster than the schedule that was developed. Now at 70 days, I'm down 14 pounds, technically 13.8. I've eliminated some of the ultra-processed food because 
I'd lost the taste for them decades ago, and a month wasn't enough to make myself a sugar junkie again, or whatever. However, I have gotten an affinity for tomato sandwiches. Plain white bread, Roma tomatoes, salt and pepper, Hellman's mayonnaise. Even better with fresh basil from my garden. Did I have any issues? The lack of fiber slowed down elimination a little bit, but no energy or other issues that I noticed. I'm on course to reach my goal, ultra-processed food or not. Is ultra-processed food bad for you? Is ultra-processed food good for you? I think the answer lies somewhere in between. I encourage you to read Dr. Tellekin's book because though it's really more about an eating disorder than anything else, it's fairly well-researched with references you can check out for yourself. As for me, it confirms what I've always said. Calorie is a calorie is a calorie. Control your intake and no food, no food need to be avoided. Thanks for listening. That's it for this show. Until next time, this is Dr. Chet Zelansko saying, health is a choice, people. Choose wisely today and every day.